Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of Bloody Good Horror. My name's Eric, and I'll be your host for this evening, where we will be reviewing Ghostbusters Afterlife, a mighty audacious title for a movie featuring a ghoulish hologram of a no longer alive human being, John, but we can talk about that (laughs) soon. I'll be your host for this evening. Joining me first up from Richmond, Virginia, please welcome Caitlin to the show. Hello. I'm considering just giving my Scream review now on Ghostbusters Afterlife. <laughs> From Indiana, please welcome Casey. Hello. And Manhattan, New York City. New York City. Please welcome one Mr. John Schnars to the show. Do you know what happened here in the 80s, Eric? <laughs> you know what didn't happen according to this movie? They never controlled the Statue of Liberty with an NES uh, advantage or whatever the hell that is. And Not according to Wikipedia. I was going to say, like, I think that's an open question, but... We'll talk yeah, about it. We can talk we can about get it. Into it. Don't you think you'd lead with that, John, when you're like, hey, remember that thing that happened in the... Don't you think you'd lead with the Statue of Liberty walked? It didn't... Well, all right, whatever. We're, we're, we, we can get into this later. <laughs> but it didn't have any relevance to the plot the way that the first film did. So I think that's why they just, like, kind of... Make, there was a moment when they're in the car. There was one line where I was like, oh, shit, they, like, are pretending the second movie didn't happen at all. And I can't remember what it was. We'll see. Well, yeah, we'll get to it. As you see, John... mentioned the second movie did not bother me as it relates as to, As you like, see, you know, my background is yeah. of still the reigning best Ghostbusters movie. But we never, talk, never we, forget. I see. We can discuss that. One Mr. Vigo the Carpathian here behind me. Yeah. We can get to that in a second or right now. Let's do it. Let's talk about <laughs> Ghostbusters Afterlife. This is it, Jennifer. Your big break in TV. Of the front time. I mean, I just realized there was nothing else to talk about unless you want to chat about the fact that I have, I'm currently using both a blanket and a heating pad, John, and a hood. Are you warm? Warmer than I was. Yeah. My feet are still ice, like, but I need a full body heated blanket. That's what I need. I need a heated, sucks. I need a heated slanket. Raynaud's phenomenon? Like my mother and my sister. No, I have a shitty apartment is what I have. <laughs> Not for long. Not for long. And I've definitely hit menopause, so I don't think that helps. <laughs> Good God. So there it is. You can come on, plug it up. And talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> John you and Casey might need to talk about carpal tunnel syndrome pretty soon or you know, whatever else happens when you Welcome turn Welcome back to 40s. ailment cast. That's right. Where we go over all of our ailments. I'm still COVID free, but the rest of me is breaking down. <laughs> John, we were just noticing pre-show here, Casey's hair officially longer than yours. Yeah. Well, Casey, have you had a haircut at all? Nope. In- yeah, see, I did the I did like a cleanup cut when I got back to New York. When was your yeah, last haircut, a- Casey? Our, uh, probably February of 2020. Wow, right before. It's a true pandemic yeah. hairdo you got there. Yeah. <laughs> John, uh, what did your barber say when you went to get your haircut? For well, people I who can't, to- so first of all, this is a great advertisement for the live stream, which you can find at patreon.com slash bloody good horror. For people who can't see it, your hair, both of yours, is past your shoulders at this point. Yeah. You both went All from, you know, yeah. nice, clean, uh, clean cut young gentleman to, I don't know, like Jerry we Garcia. From corporate America to Casey looks like a Jerry America. Garcia stand in, and Schnars looks like <laughs> a real bad uh, winter soldier knockoff who, like, <laughs> takes a polar to their better, kid. Though. 
takes a Polaroid with your kid and then tries to charge you like 20 bucks. I'm here for Sebastian Stan, you know, stand in work. Just <laughs> putting Sebastian that out there for his agent. Standing. Sebastian yeah. Stan. Is that the correct usage? <laughs> it's uh, in the neighborhood. Anyway, I guess I'm feeling a little warmer to answer your question. John, please bring us the word of the day. What you got, friend? Eric, today's word, gatekeeper. See what I did there? No, I do. No reaction. That's, That's actually... I got, I got it. That actually oh, works. Typing it I, into the document. John, that actually yeah, works That actually works on multiple levels, which... Well, so here's the thing. Uh, it has two meanings. An attendant at a gate who is employed to control who goes through it. Mm. Mm. What's interesting, if you look at... So, like, when you do the define blank word you know when you define word on google search it shows you the use of that word over time gatekeeper peaking it's like literally at its high right point now, right now that makes sense second definition a person or thing that controls access to something mm. so like gozer for example yeah. you could say um they can have gozer i'm gonna protect vigo the carpe thing. <laughs> yeah. it doesn't have uh, there's no there, i don't have etymology on gatekeeper i mean but gate, the word gate comes from the old English. It's like one of the, it's a G with one of the AEs crammed together. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that has. I like that. I'm into that. But um, uh, it means, and it came from the, from even older than that Dutch, got, G-A-T, meaning gap, hole, or breach. Mm. Okay. Listening. So. Yep, cool. I knew I'd get you. Cool, cool. That one. <laughs> oh, you. I didn't say anything. Uh, Love it. What does that have to do with this movie, John? I mean, it's Ghostbusters. It's if you don't know what gatekeeper has to do with Ghostbusters, you can get out. Um, Sound like a real gatekeeper, John. Yeah, right. <laughs> so did you guys see, and I probably knew this before, but forgot, because I feel like this movie's been kind of floating around for a while, or it, it was sort of... The trailer came out like a while ago. Did you know who directed it? The son of the director of the original, I, uh, I, Jason Reitman. Oh, well, yeah, Jason Reitman. Is Ivan, oh, he's Ivan's yeah. son. Ivan Reitman wrote, co-wrote, I believe he co-wrote with Harold Ramis, and then yeah, he directed he the first movie, yeah. Yeah, um, but he's also, I mean, he is a director in his own right. It's kind of an interesting one. I don't know. I mean, maybe you all aren't as interested in this as I am, but do, do you remember, like, what was the Jason Reitman? Do you all remember what the Jason Reitman breakout movie was? No, I don't. A little film called Juno? From, you remember know. Juno? I do like yeah, Juno. Yeah, I don't like it. I think we're all still trying to forget oh, that I sort like, of, like, I like, funny... I like, I like Juno. Diablo Cody. It was yeah. Well, she wrote it. She okay. wrote it. I like Juno, and that and that connection explains the random. Uh, what's that guy's name at the end here? The corpse that comes alive. Like that dude is in Juno. Well, who's that guy? Is that what is that guy's name? Harold Ramis. No, the character actor. He's in the glass box in the cave. Oh 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 oh. Oh, 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 oh. oh shit. No. Um, J.K. J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's in Juno. He's the like. Step That's out. a little yes. bit of a slur against J.K. Simmons to call him a character actor. That man has been nominated for an Oscar, I believe. He ever like, starred in a movie, John? He ever been yeah, the I mean, star of a movie? He starred in a couple things. Well, that Whiplash movie, he was like it was like him and that kid. Yeah, he was like the villain. In any event, like, I beg to differ. But anyway, as I say, yeah. he's the star of insurance commercials. 
Dude, he was on Law and Order for like years and years. That Have is more of a character. He's jacked. Yeah, he's just an awesome guy. So yeah. I'm upset. That My Eric, point anyway. is, he was in Juno, and that makes sense yeah, now because that was. seemed like a really weird choice for that character. Is my point. So, so really quick on Jason Reitman because I think there was a moment. I think he was nominated for best director for Up in the Air. Y'all remember Up in the Air? The um, uh, what's his name? Got George fucking Clooney. Anna Kendrick in it, who I hate. Jeez. <laughs> negative tonight. Simmer down. I also like Anna oh Kendrick, God. so let's fight. Anna Kendrick, I'm won she's over delightful. because of Trolls. And trolls. also Frozen, no? Like, isn't she? She's good in Trolls. Like, she's Anna, right? Anna, all right, fine. I thought that was Kristen Bell. I don't know. No, it's uh, Kristen uh, Bell. It's you're, Kristen maybe you're Bell. right. I'm, right. I'm getting confused. But she's great in Trolls either way. Uh, so Thank You for Smoking was his first movie. Then Juno, Up in the Air. He does Young Adult. I don't know if you guys saw Young Adult. There's, like, a lot of the. I think that's a Diablo Cody from there, I feel like it's a little like I don't know any of these other movies. Like he did a movie called Labor Day, which I don't know, just the sound of it doesn't doesn't win me over. And and like he hasn't done anything at least that I'm familiar with, you know, since then. Um, so like in some ways, this is like probably an important movie for him <laughs> because he's trying to kind of like get back to relevance. Uh, we can talk about whether that worked or not. He also wrote this. Uh, he was a co-writer with. Another gentleman, um, Gil Keenan. Um, so yeah, I mean, the he the didn't co-write here. this with Harold Ramis's disembodied ghost. Surprise. Uh, Dan Aykroyd gets a writing credit as because he wrote the original, and I because he Ramis, I oh, and Ramis did uh, get a credit because he he wrote the original right. with so, with so money's going to somebody and he's related to. Hopefully, um, the plot here. You've got Callie, uh, who is a mom of two kids, Trevor and Phoebe. Um, this They are Carrie Coon for the Leftover fans, Finn Wolfhard for the Stranger Things fans. And then I was not familiar with this Phoebe young woman. Do, do, should we know her from anything? Did anybody research yeah. this? I did not know her. but uh, she, She's more known for TV for where I know her from. She was on Young Sheldon for... A season, I think, and a, and there was another sitcom type show, I believe she was on. Okay. Uh, so anyway, they're like they're like this family down on their luck. Um, it turns so it, it sort of Callie. It's it's pretty er, revealed pretty early on is uh, Egon Spengler's daughter. So the kids are the grandkids. Spengler in this, you know, because she has the same glasses. Yeah, yeah, um, but Spangler. I mean, I think they 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 don't like hide this fact. Um, what, what we've what we see, and there's like an er, there's a initial kind of like opening moment where Spangler. Well, we don't know it. You don't see him because Harold Ramis is dead. But like, there's a guy living in the middle of Oklahoma. Um, has all the like Ghostbustery type of technology, dealing with some kind of ghost situation. Um, but out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and so then we like fast forward, he's now, you passed. see, see and that, I mean, that seems really interesting cause they shoot him. His face basically is just in an artificial shadow in like every shot. So you can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you yeah. see the curly yeah. hair. I feel like you kind of, you kind of, no, you, they point. give you enough that you sort of know what's going on. Um, they, uh, so then it's like, so he, he gets killed by this ghost cause the system that he had set up like doesn't work now. Callie and her two kids, they're evicted from their house. They're, they're down on their luck. They go to Oklahoma where they are going to live in this house. They they think they're going to just like take the house and kind of like that'll be they're going to like 
live off whatever the inheritance is, but they get there and realize it's not a lot. It's not going to be a lot. So they're like, fuck it. We'll just move in. They enroll the kids in summer school. The first of what I would describe as many like plot non sequitur. Like why these kids are going to summer school. There's just, just no explanation. The daughter. No. Oh, you're right. Cause the son and goes then, to. Then yeah. works, and yeah. she's the science nerd. So why wouldn't she want to go to summer school? Look, summer school where I grew up was for kids who like couldn't get through regular it school. Was kids, kids who it was, yes. You know who it was for, John? Kids who smoked. <laughs> well, that didn't <laughs> help for sure. It was but, kids whose parents were like, "Enough with the podcast." I was get very, out of this house. Yeah, I was very confused about why the hell any of these kids were in summer school, and especially when the summer school consists of Paul Rudd, who is a seismologist. I guess <laughs> teaching uh, science. Sh- Showing them horror movies. That which, was pretty which good. Which I will I admit like was pretty fun. Um so, so like these they they're living there. They begin the the girl uh whose name is Phoebe, um, she begins to sort of like unwind the relationship with Spangler, the Ghostbusters past, the the like backstory that is revealed, you know, in drips and drabs, but uh, you know, it not this is not spoilery. Basically, like once the Ghostbusters like solved all the ghost problems in New York, like ghost problems in general went away. It <laughs> sort of like failed. It didn't. It wasn't like a lucrative ghost business died down. Yeah, like yeah. business for them to be in, and so they all sort of like went their separate ways. But Egon had moved out here. He was like a crazy old man living on. He was like the crazy old dirt farmer. Everyone in town calls him. And um, yeah, I mean, basically, he he was telling everyone the world was going to end. It's also, and I'm sorry, there's like a lot of plot, but I'd just like <laughs> to get it out. So there's a mine in this town called Somerville where they're mining the selenium, I think it's called, which I think is not real. Um, no, it 100% selen- is real. Selenium is definitely real. Selenium, is it? Okay. It's in like I multivitamins, look, isn't it? I know my periodic table, Eric, but not like the later ones. It's like you in know, your, you like get pick up the, your like, 60s and 70s. More of the and, classics of the periodic. Yeah, yeah, you get through the top yeah. 20 and I'm kind of done. It's a non, Sel- there's a selenium It is mine. a non-metal with properties that are intermediate between the elements above and below, sulfur until it, whatever. There know. you go. It's in. Uh, so in any event, this, the selenium was the shit that was in the apartment building in the first movie that, the crazy guy like who designed the apartment was like putting in there to like conduct electricity. Right. Like, that was a whole like alchemy, like or turn yeah, of yeah. the 20th century with, you know, uh, well, it was, it was a plot point in the first black movie. magic. Like, as soon as thing, they yeah. said that, I was like, Oh, this connects to the first movie. Now I didn't then, remember this, that that had to do with the first movie, but it's been okay. A long time so like that movie. was like the first tee up. Um, and so, yeah. And then like, so she's like working. She, so the film ultimately focuses, I would say, primarily on Phoebe, her journey as like nerd, kind of on the spectrum, nerd girl, uh, making friends. We'll talk about the friend uh, and, you know, reconciling her relationship to her grandfather, who she never met. And like along the way, like becoming a woman. I don't know. <laughs> that's sort of the, that's the, that's coming the into her. I don't know. I feel as like a, we should, we can like cover the rest of the plot as we go because coming into her own a, as a neurodivergent scientist, John. Yeah, I guess <laughs> okay. something she solves technology, like f- fake 
you know, supernatural Inst- instantly. technology. She just picks it up and is like, oh, that's how this works. Yeah, yeah. it makes total sense. So cool. She picks up the proton pack, which is a, a device that only one person knows how it works, and it's Egon, who's dead. She picks it up and goes, oh, the blah blues are loose. Like, yeah, how the fuck yeah. do you know what that is? What? Which is like a little bit lazy. They're like, oh, we'll just make her neurodivergent. Like, she'll just be on the spectrum and get it. And I was like, no, that's not really a great. What is this? What is this? The good doctor? Okay, Caitlin, what did you think of this movie? Nobody, no. So... <laughs> Casey. I'll save it. Wait, wait, no, all right, wait, Casey, out, Casey. Go, yeah, you go first. Casey. I mean, like, nobody went to the fact that instead of she's on the spectrum or something like that, nobody went to this is Egon's daughter or granddaughter, and it's his genius is passed down to her. That's, that's where my brain went. That's not how genius <laughs> like, works. Hold on. Yeah, like, she doesn't just, like, know shit because she's she still has a ch- literal like, child. She could be gifted. You don't know. That's well, okay, I listen, took it. But this movie... Because in... her brother was gifted with cars and automo- automobiles. I hate this. Egon was gifted. This movie in general, though, <laughs> but this movie in general is, like, actually weirdly carries on... It's a kid's movie, based, I mean, more or less, or, like, a tween movie, sort of. But it's, like, it carries on the thing from... Who is this for? Listen, it turns on the... It uses the thing from 80s and 90s movies that I hate, which is where movies when I was a kid made me feel dumb because every, and, like, skillless, because every little kid in an 80s and 90s movie was so resourceful, like Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone. Uh, meanwhile, this Finn Wolfhard kid's fixing up this 40-year-old car. She's like, and I'm just like this dumbass kid at home, and I'm like, I can't do this shit. What the hell am I? Like, I can't just fix a car. Like, what? He's he did f- have help from the ghost, Egon. <laughs> if you remember. <laughs> he did God, most of it himself. He did most of it himself. Casey, what'd you think of this movie? I myself thought this movie was charming and I loved it. I got kind of, I went into this movie hoping for nostalgia and not I did not pay any attention to the trailers and stuff going in because I wanted to blank slate and I felt like I got the nostalgia bomb that I wanted. Nes- granted, nostalgia doesn't necessarily make a do- uh, make it a good movie. So I understand this movie be may be better for me than others, but I just really bought into it and I love the fact that the they've turned connected this directly to the plot of the first movie and continued on that whole story because i had no idea that was coming so when they started when they started unraveling that in the movie i was like oh this is awesome and watching trailers the ones i did watch i always thought paul rudd was going to be like helping the girl especially when we're watching the movie she shows up he's telling her he's a seismologist they're talking about stuff so i figured he'd be helping phoebe or whatever her name was you know discovering this stuff and unraveling it i didn't expect the turn with his character when although when it happened i was like oh shit of course so to me i was bought into it i liked it a lot i didn't i cried at the end and to with the point you're gonna make caitlin i didn't feel manipulated (laughs) by it but i was bought into it and i understand that could be my rose-colored glasses too though caitlin wait really quick casey i have a theory i'm working on what's your favorite ghostbusters movie Overall. Me? Yeah. First one. Okay. Go, Caitlin. <laughs> so uh, this trailer came out super early, I feel like, because I remember seeing it a really long time ago and being instantly annoyed because I was like, I don't want like a Stranger Busters. Like, I'm not a Stranger Things person. And when I think of Ghostbusters, I think of like goofy concepts with adult humor behind it. 
Would I mean, you? The originals kind of had that, and the 2016 one had that. And this one, I was like, I don't want to see these kids doing stuff. It, I'm not interested. Would you have yeah. preferred to see a continuation of the 2016 one? I would, and I know we'll debate that. Oh, I'm just I, listen. I, I'm just. I think it's. I'm asking. That's all. Well, because I, I don't know. I, I really like that one, and so I went into this one. My point being, like, kind of grumpy because I was like, I this isn't for me. Um, it was very long. It was over two hours. Um, I will say that the cast is really good. I really like Carrie Coon. Um, I love her in Gone Girl. And I mean, we've got, I mean, we, I guess kind of spoiled at the top. Some of the folks we we see again (laughs) from previous Ghostbusters movies, but like the, the caliber of actor they have here is really good. I also, I love that they used uh, Shora Agdashlu's voice for uh, Gozer because I knew that was not her in person because that's Olivia Wilde. Which is but when she a spoke, crazy thing to like, happen. That's in a... Shora Agdashlu. Okay, who, okay, two questions or a yeah. question and a statement. One, really amazing to get random Olivia Wilde really in anything. Two, um, who, who is that? I don't know who you're talking about. But like, hold on. Isn't Gozer supposed to be non-female or male? And it was like, she looks she exactly like he was like, yeah, she's no, sexy. It's a woman. But like, she looked like, like the first dude, movie. No, 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 no. Gozer, yeah, dude, like, Gozer in the first movie looked just like her and was also hot. So I think. Yes. Her yeah, no, no. Well. Fair. Like they did. I don't know. But they Go- made this whole point of being. John, like, they gave her short hair. Yeah, right. No, she looks exactly. It's exactly what she looks like in the first movie. Caitlin, well, who is this person you're saying with the voice? I don't know that name. Yeah, she's she's an actor. She was, uh, I think the like role I remember her most from is The Exorcism of Emily Rose. She's got that really like, sort of like deep, raspy, throaty voice. I just I could listen to her read the phone book. I think she's great. She's on uh, the expanse for like recent TV stuff. A, a more recent example, very yeah. good. <laughs> but um, yeah, I there were parts that were okay. I just I I don't know. It was really long. I found myself looking at my phone a lot. And um, I did feel a little bit manipulated because in the end I was tearing up and crying, but it's, I didn't even like the movie. So like, how did it elicit this out of me? And it was like, no, you're cashing in on my nostalgia. The music softens, you get the moment, you get the uh, the ghost, you know? And like, that was very well done. But I was like, did you really earn this from me? So that was, that was kind of where I landed. Jonathan. So, yeah. And like, just to respond to what Caitlin's saying, like, my overall take on this is like it's pretty well directed actually <laughs> like it's the the uh cinematography choices like it is it, it he knows Jason Reitman understands how to like structure structure scenes and even like look like I don't know I, I feel like hacky screenwriters can like get emotional reactions at, you know if it's handled appropriately I do think um the acting and like the cast was overall pretty solid. Uh, quick side note: I was looking. So McKenna Grace is the actress who plays Phoebe, and I, sort of like the main character. I like here. her. Malignant. She was young Madison. Oh, apparently, okay. she's oh, actually yeah. been in a ton of shit. Big, I, like, big she, year. They, oh, well, they put her. They put she's her in the Warrens like, kid in the Conjuring series too. Interesting. She, okay, that's so, right. Yeah. So like she's, yeah, she's working a lot. Uh, good on her, but she's, she's great. I mean, they ask her to carry this movie. Like she yeah, literally, sure. unfortunately, they also ask a young man to play a character called podcast. And oh. This for me. So here's the thing. I roll my I, eyes I said, harder at specific things in this movie than I have in a while. Podcast was fucking one of them, dude. 
So I, I said nice things about the way this is directed, and or, or like that I think the way scenes are structured, the cinematography, like even the the special effects are actually pretty good. Some of this, this nostalgia stuff worked fine. Whatever I liked, I like Finn Wolfhard. Like I'll, I'm on he's Finn Wolfhard's team. Like he, I think he's good. Um, the script is a fucking disaster. Like <laughs> the length is is actually like one of the main. Problems. It's two hours long. We for the record. The, oh, there's an hour. And nothing, nothing has happened. Nothing. Like, but at the same time, like tons of plot has been like thrown at you, and you're like asked to like process like where this fits in and like what's the relationship it's basically, to the older, other movies. It's, it's basically like, ninety minutes before ghosts start getting busted. Yes. Well, and so once the ghosts are so Caitlin kind of hit it on the head, like what I was hoping for, which is like and and frankly, I didn't know that the kids ended up being the Ghostbusters in this. And when that when that was like sort of more and more obvious, it, I started to lose interest because the my favorite Eric is number one. I mean, like number one, number two, like I don't know, they're it's like kind of a toss up, but like number one gets mm. the props in my mind yeah. for originality. The it is an adult movie. Like they are the jokes are adult jokes, and it's like zany FX humor with like more adult jokes. Like the scene with the mayor of New York and the Ghostbusters in that first yeah. Ghostbusters movie is like one of the fucking best comedy scenes in any movie. Like I will like stand on that hill. Um, and this movie has nothing even like close. Like there are 10 jokes in this entire movie and Paul Rudd gets like eight of them. And they're literally probably ad-libbed. Like, I don't even think those were in the script. I think Paul, it's just like, they were like, hey, Paul, are you around? And do like, that uh, thing you, come, you do like, in do... the movies. I don't know. Just yeah, like, like, look handsome and say a sort of, look handsome and say a sort of funny thing in a way that makes people like you and they'll laugh. They're, they're not <laughs> they're even, handsome, some so of them aren't even jokes. Like, they're literally just like moments where he like says a thing well, and I laughed. You're okay. <laughs> listen I though. wanted to laugh But listen, that's like sort of the modern style of comedy, but it's weird having, it's weird getting to hold up Paul Rudd to Bill Murray for the little amount of time he had. Cause it's like, they are in a different movie. They're working like totally different styles of comedy. And it's like, Oh, I do like Paul Rudd, but this is like, like I thought Bill Murray was funny where I was like, Oh, right. Like comedy is like a completely different thing now. And it's bizarre to have them both in the same movie. And this is so like cat the like Callie, um what what the hell's her name? Carrie Coon. Carrie Coon. Um I think she's a great actress. I'm not saying she's not a good actress. Like I like the leftovers I loved and she's amazing. And like whatever. She's done other, you know, we you mentioned Gone Girl. Like she's not funny. Like there's not a part of this where I was like slapping my knee like on a Caracoon <laughs> delivery you know like it just and like they're kind of asking but John, to be funny. John, it's, it's not, not working. This is the it's not a comedy. Isn't it like what no, is it? No, it's then? not. Like, they listen, but this is an issue that I have with this movie. They took a thing that was a comedy, even the 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 last remake or last sequel with the ladies there, oh. very much a comedy, even though it was different yes. style, very much comedy. This is like taking a sitcom and turning it into like a multi-camera drama or a single camera drama or whatever with no audience, but keeping all the dialogue the same or something. Like It feels like they tried to bring the Marvel style drama to what is essentially a comedy, which also, I mean, it's pretty well established. Like those aren't really my thing either. And then like they make it like a family, a rounded out family story, which is fine. I just, that's not what I think of when I, I think would of argue this but movie, maybe I'm gatekeeping. So. I would argue this movie is not a comedy and is not intended to be one, which is what makes Bill Murray bebopping and scatting at the end. Really weird. <laughs> like it's out of nowhere. 
It's like he walked in from another movie and was like, hey. Oh, I'm sorry, Eric. On IMDb, it is listed as adventure, comedy, fantasy. So, <laughs> sure. Know, just one of three genres. Owned, that kinda he owned. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, uh, are you done, Schnorris? I don't want to cut you Dude, off. Dude, I could rant on this movie for like the next 10 minutes. So I'll just, I'll wait and we can. Well, wait, I think you didn't that. Finish your podcast thought. It's. They, the script had to be from 2015 or something. Like, there's it's the only way this makes sense that they were like, look at this weird kid with a podcast. And like, <laughs> look, like, I work in podcasts. It's like a full-time job. We've been doing this for 15 years. Like, if you're making <laughs> podcast jokes in 2022, you are, like, off. Like, you are just way off. Like, so... And he's not funny. Like, there's no part of that kid no, he's awful. that's amusing. That kid it's is like, a travesty. Oh, he's <laughs> I thought he yeah, was pretty funny. I fucking hate that He's, kid. like, walking around with a microphone. Like, that. those are jokes that worked when, like, podcasts were, like, a little on the fringe. They're huge now. Like, it's like everyone listens to a podcast. So it's, like, not that weird. I, the one joke I did like is when, at the end, Dan Aykroyd's, like, the fan of his podcast. He's, like, yes. oh, you're yeah. the one subscriber. Yes. You're my subscriber? I, yeah, that I was did. Which is that. both funny and tracks with Dan Ackard's re- actual real-life personality, which I kind of like. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Schnars, do they have a lot of 10-year-olds in New York City that walk around with their own podcast equipment and talk about <laughs> producing their own shows? There's li- Look at the number. There's literally a million podcasts get created every year. Like, it's like everyone who wants a podcast so, has a podcast. Like, it's not weird. Go, the fact that he was called podcast is the dumbest fucking part of this it's movie. It's stupid. The name, <laughs> like, the name is so stupid. Just any other name. Like, also, God, that's, not, that's not how nicknames no, work. That's not how nicknames work. Yeah. It's, just it's what he's obsessed with, and he was obsessed with making podcasts. But that, and so that's what he called it. That's himself. not how I, nicknames work. I guarantee work. you he gave him his own name. <laughs> a nickname. Yeah. A- I, uh, anyway. The, um... Man, I think we all learned in 2016 that people have a lot of Ghostbusters thoughts, like maybe more <laughs> easily more than any of us could have imagined. I think that if you want to know if you're talking to a Gen Xer or a millennial, just ask them which their favorite of those first two movies is. And I think you're going to get a fairly clean split. And it's I like the first movie. I don't have a problem with it. But I grew up watching the second one on Comedy Central like every weekend pretty much because that's how cable used to work. Like, we I bought saw the, the second one in the theater when it came out. Oh, I see, that's pretty cool. The first one second the one came out in 1989. I was only five? I saw the first one in the theater at 10. Nice, dude. Which is probably why I got so much nostalgia. Of course, of so. course. Mm-hmm. Um, I was... I like 2016 version. Um, I think it's like a funny comedy. It didn't really hit me so much in the nostalgia way because I feel for me like you're not going to hit me with a nostalgia unless 10 years ago, 10 to 15 years ago, you ended up making a full sequel with all those dudes. Like, I think that's the only thing that would hit me with a nostalgia because if you take them away, sure, you can make a good movie. Like that 2016 one is a good movie. But then to make it a Ghostbusters movie, you're basically just like, making a stew where you're like, uh, here's some Slimer and here's like a marshmallow guy, even though that doesn't make sense anymore. And here's the car, like here's the sound. It It's hard for me for any, either of these movies to hit any nostalgia for me without it just being what this sequel probably should have been 10 to 15 hey, years Eric. ago had Bill Murray just gotten his head out of his own ass and just decided to do it. Um, do you think that totally, totally 2016's comedy was a little bit more in line with the original Ghostbusters? Because that's where I'm landing. I think it's totally yeah. more in line, if only because it is comedy. But that kind of right. comedy, it's that like um, that era of like 
who's the guy who did Bridesmaids? He he directed that movie, right? Paul Feig. Is it, oh, I thought Feig. it was Feig, right? So like, mm-hmm. he's a funny dude. I like many of his films. I think they're all too long, which this movie also is. Yeah, yeah. But like, you know, that the, his voice, whatever you think of him, basically defined a generation of comedy. So like, I think it's more in line with the first film and that it is actually just a pure comedy. I don't know. I think it's actually... I think it's actually too much comedy for me to feel because the first movie has the first movie has a touch of what this is trying to do, which is like an adventure and whimsy. And like there's um, there's tension and like uh, some scares. This movie, it was like it overcorrected too far in the other direction. Um, but I was the first couple of teasers for this movie were great. And I was really looking forward to this movie. Even with the weird like tone change, I was like, okay, this seems kind of cool. Like I'm into this. I did not have, um, I, there were a lot of people uh, I sensed who were like right out of the gate against the first movie because it was kind of ignoring that 2016 one, which understandably, like that's a very loaded subject in movie circles, which I understand. But I saw that that teaser and was like, this, this looks cool. Like I'm into it. Then like six months ago or whatever, a couple months ago, shortly before it came out, they released a clip of Paul Rudd in the store with the marshmallows. And I was like, I'm out. Like, I'm not this. I don't know what this is, but this is terrible. This is the clip they chose to like the baby marshmallows, the release. What? Like, it's, why? Like, they're, it's just, they're, so they're again, non sequitur of the like plot here. Like, to your point, it's John, just like, oh, there was a specific reason for the marshmallow man in that first movie. I don't think it should have been in 2016 unless you were actually going to write into the movie. And I don't think it should have been in this one. That's just, yeah. If we're going to be I a stick to that. So this movie is real wild. John, you, I don't know if you, how much you're on Slack lately, but a couple of weeks ago, we spent an entire day talking about this Silicon Valley startup that makes food that comes in cubes. And it's literally okay. like, Different food items, but the everything you get is a little like beigey, gelatinous cube thing, and it's just some weird tech bro like, oh, what's food? You know, I just get. But my... when you sit, like, does it taste different? Like, it, no, it's can, like, fu- it's the like, actual the food, but they've just found a way to mash it into mash a cube. It. So your meal is just a plate full of vague, vaguely colored cubes. <laughs> <laughs> this movie to me oh i can have my food cubed <laughs> this movie to me is do they want to sponsor this podcast <laughs> like this movie to me is to ghostbusters what cube food is to food it's like the ingredients are there i mean you say it's well directed john and like it is but it is one of the most bland things i have ever seen like it is I, I it is have. bland it is lifeless i think the attempts where it is attempting to strike up nostalgia are just don't work. And in the end, like I felt very much like spoiler alert when they trot out the, the, the dudes at the end, I felt very much like I did when they trotted out Charles Cyphers in Halloween, like let this guy chill in his like condo in Boca Raton and retire. Now here's what I'll say as weird as it feels for those guys to come out at the end, in my opinion, it actually just, it's like the movie does the worst thing by bringing out a bunch of talented people that you actually have feelings for because you just watched a two-hour movie for people you don't give a shit about and you're like, oh. Oh, oh boy. I'm still here. Oh, You guys hear me? Oh, a little yeah. flicker there. But you're basically <laughs> like, to me, Bill Murray outshines this whole movie 
with like five minutes of him bebopping and scatting. It's corny. It doesn't make sense in the movie. But Bill Murray's I'm, Bill Murray's fucking yeah. funny. And like he just comes in and you're like, oh, okay, like this is yeah. what this could have been. That's what I felt watching this. And that just kind of bummed me out. Then they trot out the Harold Ramis fucking Tupac hologram. That's an old reference for my oldies. And uh Dude, it's so weird because like they leave Silicon Valley. Here's what I'll say with about. Here's what I'll say about that goddamn hologram. It is uncanny valley levels of good. Like that hologram is better than any of that Luke Skywalker bullshit. I wouldn't even hold on. This thing is. It's not a hologram. Like they did that in post and whatever. They just you yeah. They can like get pictures of how words John words. Well, they use archival footage from the first movie. Dude, the mannerisms, the movement. It's so good, but like. He doesn't talk, which is dude. He's like, uh, like, either make it talk or don't leave him on screen that long and don't leave up his pregnant pauses so long. If you're not going to reward the audience with like, go get him, kid, or like I, something like I that. I was what so, like go all the way. You can definitely train an AI to learn somebody's voice. Like, I hold on. They, well, they definitely can because that's been like a touch point. In that just happened. That well, it ago. just happened with the um, the Anthony Bourdain documentary. The Bourdain movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. All right, so really quick, I said it was well-directed. I think what I was responding to is the cinematography, and, like, I, there's just, like, a, it, like, the movie feels like a movie. Whether it's a bland movie or not, that's a separate question, but there is, like, a s- cinematic element well, to it. Well, right, that they but you captured. know what? It's, like, 10 years ago, J.J. J. Abrams made Super 8 and gave- <laughs> Love that movie. Yeah, and gave a lot of- their minds. <laughs> but it gave a lot of people, like, a blast of nostalgia for an era of filmmaking that had been gone. Yeah. That stuff is no longer gone. Like all that no, stuff no, has yeah. very much been wrapped up in like a lot of genre things. This just feels like a, 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 a it's a real imitation. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Fair. So really quick though on, so like, and it, not to like fast forward all the way to the end, but like I was fine with the Ramus ghost. I actually <laughs> like, I think this movie, you remove the other ghostbusters. Don't have her call Dan Aykroyd from jail. Just in terms of like, Dan, shit by the, the way, plot, Dan Aykroyd is, is so fucking ridiculous. The phone number, how does she dial the phone number from the ad from the 80s? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it doesn't. Because no, it Ray doesn't. kept the, did Ray kept paying the phone bill, maybe. So, so the, we have to presume she knows how to dial a New York area code from Oklahoma. Like, I don't know, maybe <laughs> like whatever, but it's no, it's not, listen, it's not the only, absurd. it's not the only thing in this movie though, that does not make a lot of sense. Like that, it's very, no, there's like, it is things, very modern. Like one of them. It's very modern screenwriting in that sense. I just have to get this in. Dan Aykroyd sucks. He's a terrible actor. Yeah, terrible. No, he, but like, here's the thing. They should have just not had any of those other guys show up. I would have been fine with the, cause I was fine with the, like them connecting to Egon Spangler. Like that I was, I'm, was along for that ride. And I think you could have had that moment and you don't need them there. And to your point, Eric, it like pulls in too much of the older films and like the comparison, like it just undercuts a lot of this shit. I don't know. See, I, for me, that whole angle, especially with them coming back and with the kids and stuff that they're putting together in this movie, that this whole movie's purpose was to be a symbolic passing of the torch from the old Gus. It definitely feels like they want that to be that. Yeah. Because well, the kids, the, they're setting the kids up because Phoebe's obviously going to be Egon. Podcast is obviously going to be Ray. And then her brother and Lucky are going to be Winston and Well, that, Bill well sure, but so, like they're not going to make another movie with like pubescent ghosts, but like they're going to be like t- 11 I or something. Yeah, but like, they could do it in, five, in 
three years and those kids are all going to be older. I mean, Finn Wolfhard's probably already about 18, isn't he? <laughs> the way he ages, he he's looks, like 45. He's 45 by now. Because he looks, he's like a different. I don't think he's that good, honestly. Like, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm pro. There's too many kid characters in this movie and we spend too much time on their bullshit. I don't care. Yeah. Like, no, I don't no, care. totally agree. It's just, it's, to your point, Caitlin, about it's really, it's fascinating to take it all the way back to a kid's it, kids movie. It almost is, you used to see more of this kind of thing in the 80s, like movies with like little kid ensembles where they're the lead. And you're right, John, like they are asking that actress, the Egon's granddaughter actress there to carry the movie. I actually think she's really good. I think, yeah, the, I think solid. she has a yeah, lot yeah. of charisma and like between her and Paul Rudd, they pretty much carry the first hour of this movie, which is a tall task. Cause like you said, nothing happens. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. So, and Casey, you mentioned this earlier. As soon as I realized that Paul Rudd and Carrie Coon were going to be the gate gatekeeper and key master, right. I was like, Oh fuck. Because like Paul Rudd was the only thing keeping the like movie punchy. And I was like, well, he just disappears. Right. And then Did you're he... like spending all this time. Okay. Dun- like dun- in the, the first the film, mine. in the first film, remember Sigourney Weaver's wearing that real hot dress when she's like possessed. And then the actress here like morphs into that dress. Mm-hmm. But was that, is that how that happened in the first movie? I can't remember. Or wasn't she going she to tried... a party or something? Or she just looked like that. Didn't they? Oh no, they came in and found her painting in the chair looking like that. Didn't right. they? <laughs> looking all horny. Well, but, I thought it was just like a dress that had gotten like ravaged a little. Cause if you remember the, um, Mar- Martin, Sh- not Martin short. What the fuck's, uh, Rick, Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis. That's um, right. He's, Dude. He's oh, also man. like, once he gets attacked, he he's in his clothes. I'll be honest. Like if they had the managed, I'll be honest. If they had managed to pull Rick Moranis out of, um, hiding, uh, like I would have given this a five stars. Yeah. Make him the, the, the uh, what was his Dude, name? Dude. Oh my God. Schnars. That would have been great. Oh God! Imagine a Ghostbusters movie where like Rick Moranis is like their Ghostbuster Sherpa. Yeah. Oh, Evo, oh Evo God, Shandor. That, that would be so good. Moranis. I can't. I'm done. Um, I'm cooked. You couldn't find ten million dollars to do, give to him to do that. I don't let's, think can, that would be enough. Yeah, it might can take we more. Talk, let's. Can we, I want to. There's one thing I want to hit like specifically on that that like ties like the thing that made me. I don't want to say like most angry because a lot of things made me kind of angry in this movie. They basically, like, in the end, so we talked about how after an hour, like, nothing has happened. You start the movie, like, one hour in, it's basically the first movie. Like, they did all of the same shit as the first movie. You have Gozer, you have the gatekeeper, like, it all, like, it plays, and it, and I think that was, like, intentional. I think they were like, let's hit some of these same beats. Let's have them meet and, like, have the, like, wild romp, you know? Where, Almost like, like they're passing the torch. Yeah, but, like... <laughs> Casey, it's fucking lazy. It's like, come up with another idea. Like, there was just, I, like, I'd seen That's that movie. Fair. I mean, the thing that I liked, the the one thing that worked for me plot-wise, like, script, and, and like, it, the way it's handled, I should, it's, like, the script, as an idea, what I liked is that Spangler was there. He had, like, built this machine that was, like, keeping the ectoplasm down by, like, shooting. Like, it had, like, the motion sensor and then it like shot the lasers and that was like what was causing the earthquakes like i like the idea of egon moving there and like trying i like to, the like, idea of him in in hiding it. yeah like plotting to stop like, something that feels like a thread honestly that i i would guess might have been a part of one of the many 
scripts that floated around for years, like including all of them. But then they just stapled the end of the first one on to that movie that had like a good idea. Like literally that scene of Gozer on the stairs and I'm like waiting for her to like shoot the lasers. Now they didn't, they didn't go like beat for beat. Thank God. But they did do Dan Aykroyd got his like, you know, are you a God? You know, oh, that, God, that dude. And when the guy says, who are you going to call? Like, shut the fuck <laughs> up, dude. Get out of here with that shit. He says in the camera slow zooms in on his face. I'm out. Like I'm out. Yeah. I think this movie really suffers for not being set in New York City. Such a part of that first, both of those first two movies vibes. And I, I don't remember if the third one was New York too, but I know it was like it is, in a yeah. city. It's just the, like the fact that the ghosts are running amok in a city. Like that whole, both of yeah. those movies have really significant um, uh, montages where you see like some hilarious ghost action. There's a little bit of that here. I could have done with more of that. There's like yeah. two ghosts in the town doing yeah. shit other than the like little uh, Stay Puff guys. Um, I totally agree. I, and this is back to Caitlin's point. Like I wanted more just like ghost hijinks that I just didn't. One of my favorite parts in the second movie is when the mayor's <laughs> losing his shit and he's telling him he spent two hours in his room last night talking to Fiorella LaGuardia. <laughs> 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 and then the Titanic in the second one, the Titanic comes yeah. into uh, into Doc. Like, come on, yeah. that's good shit. Eric, they're good movies. Yeah. Do we just want to name funny moments? <laughs> yes, from please. The first movies this Can guy behind me here, he's pretty funny. The character, criminally underused character in this film is the sheriff, who I don't even think shows up at the end. But uh, his name is Bokeem uh, Woodbine, I guess. He was right? in. Uh, oh yeah. He was in uh, The Rock. Well, uh, what? Yeah, I guess that's a. That's a deep, deep cut. You're right. Uh, he plays Mike Milligan in a season of Fargo. I think he's actually in two seasons. Amazing. Like one of my yeah. favorite television characters of the last five years. But um, he he's like introduced as the sheriff. He's the one who gets the who you're going to call line, which you're right, was groan inducing. But then he doesn't come back. It's like, yeah. what the fuck? I don't know. You know, gross me out when they hire Finn Wolfhard to work at that burger place and he's counting the burgers by bare handing everyone and then stacking them up you can't wear gloves no okay cool he's also yeah. not legally allowed to work because he's that's true, 15 that scene I, was the most you 80s. could work in pennsylvania in 15 that scene was the 80s scene 80s scene of the movie <laughs> i also like i uh, i don't hygiene. i like finn wolfhard i don't need to see him form a romance with the girl though like i could have done without that like uh, even with Grace, I don't want to character. think about Finn Wolf. <laughs> I just think this movie person. takes too long. I assume that's what you were. I think this movie right. takes like, date at the mine. Like, I don't care. I think <laughs> like, the movie, I think the movie takes way too long to get to the ghost shit. Mm -hmm. Considering like ghost Egon shows up like 30 minutes in. But it yeah. still takes another well, half an hour for anything to happen. There's one ghost, the Muncher ghost. The like, stupid worm thing. They yeah. could have had like four other ghosts just fucking doing funny shit and they just yes. don't even bother. And like, yeah. I don't think you guys are wrong. The thing that for me with this movie, and I think, and it's definitely nostalgia, but it, like for me, the movies were always about the characters more so than the ghost stuff. The ghost stuff was fun and hilarious and I enjoyed it, but I was always as a kid into those characters. Like they were heroes and going in the second movie, they were, you know, I was older then. I was like my freshman year of high school. They were still heroes. I remembered them as heroes. And then when they never made me more, as a fan, I always wanted to know what happened to the Ghostbusters after that second movie and what happened. And so for me, 
that's kind of what gets delivered in the story. That's what my brain attached to. There are I would have loved more ghost hijinks. Like you said, John, there's not enough ghosts. Definitely. That's I mean, that was one of the fun parts of the 2016 one, too, which I was a fan of. I was fine with the 2016 one, but they had a ton of ghosts. That was fun. You got to see crazy stuff. I could have used more of that. But I really liked how they resolved the storyline of the Ghostbusters, kind of what happened and how it's connected back to Egon and the way they stretched out to Egon running, you know, basically disappearing and running this rogue mission and finding his grandkids who I still going to lay the claim that they're gifted because she's got his electrical <laughs> smarts and then they, you know, her, her brothers obviously knows mechanics more than most people. So uh, with that idea of that storyline and being into that storyline, it's easy for me to accept that fact and not question it and move on. And for me, that's how this movie worked. And I thought it was a blast. I think they are gifted. I think what I felt was a little bit lazy is that, like, I don't know, they reference, like, it's science, Mom. I love science. I'm a scientist. So yeah. many times it's like, God, we get it. Like, she's coded as neurodivergent, <laughs> and they use that as, like, her whole shtick. Like, at one point she's like, I don't process humor and things the same way other people do. It's, and it's like, all right. Like, yeah, I, like I get it. It's <laughs> like then, she's saying you know, it, yeah. She she needed to do a little less talking, a little more showing, I and guess. That's, and that's fair, because, I mean, Egon was the same way but egon was never having to say i don't process emotions the same way it was just his buddies letting you know that we know he's weird but he's our weirdo and we like it yeah well i will say i originally had thought that this soundtrack was pretty good but i don't know now that we're talking about 2016 we'd be at both dmx party up and a ghostbuster song remix by missy elliott and fallout boy so like i mean doesn't even compare <laughs> i'd be curious after watching this to <coughs> to revisit that one i you know this is an old this is an old man thing i hate the cgi in both of the modern ones like dude old school film effects practical stuff like projection shit that stuff is just so much more fun and that's just an old man take that i stand by i also wish movies still had matte paintings john and i'll die on that hill matte paintings matte paintings oh Okay, <laughs> that, like you're not winning that one, Eric. They, I, mean, I guarantee you, there are map paintings in that those first two movies. Yeah, yeah, there's a ton of them. Do you know what Dan Aykroyd wished was in this movie? Crystal Skull vodka, at yeah. least. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he is so bad, dude. Dude, he's such a weirdo. I really do enjoy so, him. He's I will say the dude. first like couple, of, like the first joke or two, because Bill Murray gets on screen literally. Like when I say bebopping and scatting. Literally, it just turns into the Bill Murray show. And the first couple jokes, I'm like, what? This is so weird. And then I was like, you know what? This is the best thing that's happened this whole goddamn movie. Like, <laughs> he said something. It, it's a warm bath. You, like, slip Totally, in totally. You start talking. Did you guys <laughs> see the credit scene with him and Sigourney Weaver? Yeah. No. It's pretty funny. Thought, it's just silly. It's like, it it's the equivalent. There two credit scenes. It's the equivalent of, like, his zombie land, like, credit cameo. It, like, has nothing to do with the movie. They're just, it's just, hey, we got Sigourney Weaver in here, and they're bullshitting and stuff. But it was It was funny. so fun. Yeah, it was funny. And then we got another post-credit scene at the very end. Casey, did you catch that one? I did not see the second one. <gasps> I read about it, though. Okay. Today. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I mean, oh, I what's guess the second one? think that there will be more. What's the know. second one? I feel um, like they must have lost a fuckload of money on this movie. Like, did it do? It's anything? the budget was seventy five million, and the box office is one hundred ninety five million. Oh damn! <laughs> who saw <laughs> this movie at the box office? Like, who is watching this movie? It was theatrical it says, only for a while. There's yeah, released, a lot of people going. I wonder if it hit. Yeah, it hit Hot Girl Summer, Snars. That's what happened. <laughs> oh, Eric interesting. <laughs> interesting. 
<laughs> I'm going to oh, be 95 smart. telling my kids about that hot girl summer we got to do shit. Like, Dad, stop. <laughs> you see, it's funny. I was thinking about it in the back of my head while you guys were talking, but going back to my, like, character point, there's a couple times throughout this movie as the old guys start showing up, but, like, when she first called Ray, Dan Aykroyd, from the jail, and we saw Ray, you saw Ray pick up and that occult shop. Colleen and I both shouted out loud at that point. It's like, oh, he still got the shop. That was awesome. I thought that was great. Man. To be, to I get do that like excited. that. I, I like Dan Aykroyd. To me, I think this movie is like, if anything, it bummed me out more. Cause like, I actually don't, I remember in 2016, I was like, I don't have like super strong Ghostbusters feelings, but seeing the, the way that they, the very end with, with all of them, really just made me sad because I'm like, damn, if the stars ever could have aligned to just have actually made that movie like 10, 15 years ago, it would have been so fucking good, but it's just never going to happen. And without those people, I marginally care about Ghostbusters. So like, I don't know, like they're not going to come back again if they do another one. Yeah. I think this movie was definitely getting Murray to come back for one and getting all those guys to show up on the screen and whatnot was definitely they're saying we're not going to be Ghostbusters anymore. This is also, your future. Does Dan Aykroyd really need to keep on with the, the printer toner in his hair? Like, is that necessary? <laughs> the dude's got to be 70 or 80. Like, seriously? Uh, I, there's well, no way they're getting me to watch another one of these unless Paul Rudd, like, I, again, he was the only part of this. Unless he, unless he gets naked in chuckling it, chuckling along. Listen, I would <laughs> yeah. watch a 2016 continuation. That that movie cracks me up, and I yeah. feel like it's so. I was like bopping in the theater to that Fall Out Boy Missy Elliott Ghostbusters don't, remix, now, and I was like, I'm going to be a Ghostbuster for Halloween in 2016. It's like a Dan, only 20 whatever. I doesn't Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray? They show up in that one, right? But they're different characters. They're just like cameos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they have cameos. Yeah, so does Sigourney yeah. Weaver. Bill Murray is like an inspector or something. I remember Dan. He's like, yeah, he's like a douchey, like, um, (laughs) like then I actually know a lot about ghosts type of dude. And yeah, yeah. But I, I just, the humor, I don't know. It just, yeah, this one was not for me. (laughs) This is three weeks in a row that I've been negative on a movie. We need scream. (laughs) It's it's cube. It's cube food. John, that's what this movie is. (laughs) I'm just gonna try it. Get your nutrients. John, <laughs> get out, get out the silicon. Get your Valley, nutrients apparently. in the blandest way possible. All right. Um, would you recommend this movie, Casey? Yes. John. No. Caitlin. Nah. Dude, at two hours long, I can't do it. I just can't. It's way too much of your life. Although we're all just killing time at this point, John. So fuck it, I guess. But no, I don't recommend it. For the next variant. Yeah. Or... <laughs> wait, wait for fucking Jesus. Zeta to come around and we'll we'll get down. <laughs> all right, friends. Let's take a quick break and do some fan mail. In California, you'll find fun, romance, and vampires. You better give yourself a garlic t-shirt, buddy. Have you been eating pizza? No. Why? You smell like garlic. The Lost Boys. The New York Times calls it timely, relentlessly funny, and a hip comic twist on the classic vampire movie. Bring home The Lost Boys on video cassette from Warner Home Video. Diane Franklin from Better Off Dead with Bloody Good Horror. (laughs) 
info at bloodygoodhorror.com or on Twitter using hashtag AskPGH. Join Patreon to get back episodes and much more. Patreon.com slash bloodygoodhorror. Don't fall asleep in 2022, John. It's actually terrible advice. I think we all should be sleeping more. I'm waiting for this. Depression has me constantly sleeping. Waiting for sweet, <laughs> sweet release, John. That's what if I only I could sleep. Good news is, though, John, um, in two weeks, a week and a half, I'm going to be in a new place with heat. Mm. Hopefully internet. Uh, we'll see. What uh, We're going to take next week off. I'm starting a new job. I'm getting ready for my move. And then we should be back the week after that. I think we're all ready to see Scream. And I think Elizabeth is going to be joining us. So that's the plan. We uh, we have, It's been a few weeks since we had any guests. It's just been kind of getting gearing back up after the holidays, John. But we're going to start getting some more guests in coming up here. So I saw it in theaters on Sunday. Yeah. Oh, I heard. You, you've been... <laughs> I didn't, no spoilers, though. I haven't posted. No, no, no. No spoilers. I mean, we're all in our, like... Uh, uh, you know, immune sectors here, except Casey. So if you want to bow out, buddy, you're welcome to. Um, I'm not no, letting him off the hook, just to be clear. No email this week. I want him to risk it. <laughs> I got a mask. Jesus. <laughs> no email this week. Info at bloodygoodhorror.com. Um, on the subject, John, at bloodygoodhorror.com, John Shelton has, it's it's alive again, John, Bloody Good Horror. Mm, with mm-hmm. Reviews and blog posts and interviews and all kinds of shit. We have um, a bunch of new people writing for the site and contributing. Lots of energy going there, so it's a uh, it's good stuff, man. It's looking good. It's wild, wild I, times. I asked John to be on the show this week so we could talk about it, and he said I hated this movie so much I probably shouldn't be on the show. Which I actually respected the honesty. I was like, okay, thanks, dude. Um, Didn't stop me or Schnorr. <laughs> <laughs> I figure if you're Casey saying that, I there. figure if you're saying that, you hate it real bad. So, um, yeah. Anyway, there's nothing. Um, no I email. I should try that sometime. I can't be on the show, guys. I hate it <laughs> too much. <laughs> no email tonight. Casey, what do we got on Twitter? All right. On Twitter, use the hashtag AskBGH. Ask us questions. Any questions, we'll try to answer. Uh, starting off, we have our old buddy Skizbot coming in last week after the show it doesn't appear to be on there but how do you think titan would rate on movieguide.org oh boy there's a lot <laughs> That'd be a big one. that's just like they don't even bother writing it up they're like sorry like do not under no circumstances <laughs> number one <laughs> pornography we loved it number but... <laughs> number one french is spoken that's yeah. <laughs> that's definitely the secret behind movieguide.org is like it's like pervy dudes who are just like oh, getting excited and you know letting There's other people know. There's upper and lower male nudity in that one, so <laughs> we can't. Yeah. We can't. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and our next one's from at creepy snowman mb. Is there any circa 1980s horror movie that would get you excited if it were to be remade today? Example: Rod Robert Eggers presents The Ghoulies. <laughs> uh i'll be honest i, I mean just who wants to see remakes uh, this movie in particular made me real sad for the state of like creative ip in 2020 like 
Well, I like, hold on. What I would say is if Robert Eggers wants to make anything, I will watch it. So, and it, I mean, if it's the ghoulies, like good on them. Like, let's see it. Um, so what there's I, a little bit of like, I'll give it a chance. What but. I want to know, John, though, is like when this current round, so like, you know, we're into 90s nostalgia now. I mean, obviously this is an 80s movie, but like when 90s nostalgia wanes or like we're no longer the target audience, right? Like, and we were moving into the 2000s. What is that? Like, Eric, we're real close, man. Like, we're no, I understand real, like, that. But like there, like at some point in the 2000s, monoculture started like, stopping existence like so oh what is nostalgia in 20 years like what does nostalgia even look like you know what i mean maybe we'll Um, cycle back to something else that's what i mean it might i read an article uh like you know this week maybe last week who knows um about it was a it was an academic talking about how um he researches nostalgia and like culture and yada, yada. And like, he was saying that, uh, the nostalgia windows are like shrinking. Like Mm -hmm. if anything, like the, the young generation is like nostalgic for shit that happened like five years ago. Yeah. He's like, uh, that makes sense. What? Um, no, I don't know. I mean, who knows? Like, so to answer the question, movies from the eighties that I would want to see remade, like, I, I guess I'm sort of in Eric's camp where it's like, I don't need, there's, there's nothing left to mine that I would want to see remade. But again, like the right creator, like the right director, writer, whomever, if there's like a take on it, I'm like open to it. I don't know. I'm not protect. I'm not like anti remake, I guess yeah. as strongly as I might've been not horror, but I would love to see a modern remake of a uh, last Starfire hmm. with fancy effects and stuff. That could be yeah. cool. There, there's probably a fair bit in the IP, uh, IP, the sci-fi IP space that's like, because look, like we're living in a different world now. When it comes, yeah. So. All right. Next one coming up from at Deus Ex Manatee. How certain are you that ghosts exist? Personally, I'm 95% certain there are no ghosts, but I keep an open mind. We've talked about this fairly recently here on the show. Um, I think. Maybe no, but what do I know? I'm going to go it, with using their uh, framework. I'm going to say 99% certain that they don't exist. Nine, maybe 99.9. I don't know. What about you, Kaylin? Your walls are covered in Ouija boards. They are. And, you know, um, I, I'm too scared to say I feel okay with it because you just never know. <laughs> um, but I I like, I've been rewatching X-Files and I feel like I'm a, a molder in spirit like i i want to believe but i i often don't so mm. I, I don't know yeah. that's a good way to put it for me i think i want to believe but i'm probably like to 95 percent. but i have seen some weird shit that freaked me out over years <laughs> yeah see <laughs> i never i never have and i think if i had maybe i would you know be less skeptical i guess yeah all right Good question there. And our last one coming from Electric Wolf. Who's more iconic, Slimer or Marshmallow Man? That's a good question. I'm going to go with Slimer. Slimer, Simply because he existed in the real Ghostbusters, too. He was their sidekick. Slimer has a pop. Uh, 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 Ecto Cooler. Slimer has a pop. Had food items. Has more of a personality. I'm surprised I, they didn't show up here. They did the fucking see, marshmallow. Like, why not? But I honestly, having said all that, I actually think Marshmallow Man is more iconic, mainly because it's in the logo. Yeah. The true. That's I feel like if argument. people yeah, who haven't fair. seen Ghostbusters, you like showed them a panel mm. of like 
a couple of different like ghosts like Casper here, Slimer and Marshmallow Man. They'd be like, oh yeah, Marshmallow Man. Yeah, I think that's, that's probably fair. it. Like they I would that's, that's the recognizable one. Yeah. Which is the whole reason we had that annoying scene in the movie. <laughs> I remember being a kid and being like, wouldn't it be cool if you had that much marshmallow and you could eat it? No. That'd be really cool. <laughs> like just swim in marshmallow while you're eating it. I think I could be down for that. Casey, did we have one from Shank Schnick? Schnick guy? Schnecky? Or Shecky? We did. I did not go back far enough. This one, our, this is our actual last one, came in after last week's show from at Schnecky91. Two movies I see that get bashed are the 2010 Wolfman and Rob Zombie's Halloween. I really don't think they are that bad. Not great, but not that bad. Where do you guys land on that? Who is in the 2010? What is 2010 Wolfman? Benicio del Toro. I, oh, I never saw that. Yeah, we did. I'm we did almost it. Positive we did it. On the I show. think that <laughs> might have been one I did not. That was that might have been was, back in the day when sometimes we would just do a show and I hadn't seen it. Yeah, because I don't it remember was in the phase of Eric was a movie podcaster and didn't have to watch the movie. I don't remember shit from that movie. <laughs> I I remember more things that happened in Halloween for better. Like for Rob better Zombie's worse, Halloween like is trash. It's absolute gutter trash, that movie. It's awful. <laughs> and the sequel is even a, worse. I have a weird compulsion to defend Rob Zombie for no I, for no reason. Like I, Halloween 2 I is know. one of the worst movies I've ever seen Do in leave my him life. Alone? No, yeah. I'm like that is the, weird. That's a weird the Britney compulsion. Alone guy, but for yeah. Rob Zombie. Uh, I saw I saw the 2010 Wolfman and it didn't offend me, but I was never like diehard on the original and I never fully understood why people hated it as much as they did. I would put that out there. I don't know. Man, I, I caught on, I caught I a little bit of that. I caught a little bit of that Jack Nicholson wolf movie on cable recently, and holy shnikes, is that movie? Oh bad? yeah, that was a whole different. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> wow. Uh, so the guy who directed Wolfman directed Honey I Shrunk the Kids, The Rocketeer, Jumanji, mm. Jurassic Park Three. I mean, it's you know That's stacked. Love it. He, he did uh, the first Captain America movie, too. Um, I don't care about that. I mean, if I had to pick one of them, I guess I'd say Wolfman, but I don't remember a ton from that movie. I like that first Captain America movie. No, Caitlin? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I'm pro Eric Captain and I America exist to, to bring cool. piece. <laughs> Chris Evans is handsome. Yeah, Charming He fella. seems like a good Chris. Isn't that where you fell in love with Sebastian Schnars? <laughs> I think that, oh, he was in that one, right? He Because he plays Bucky Barnes. He is in the original. Yeah. yeah, they're like friends. No, I fell in love with him in Hot Sub Time Machine, where he plays yeah. the, very <laughs> schnar- the very schnarzy 80s bully. <laughs> he is good in that. You want to talk about and good? And that's it for 20. Oh, yeah. You want to talk about Weeks. good good comedy schnars? Hot Tub Time Machine. So, <laughs> I like yeah, it, it too. We'll come together I saw on the that theater. Buddy. I don't know if I've seen all time classic. I've watched that probably half dozen or a dozen times easy just in the background. That's good background movie. It's fun. All right. That is that it, Casey? That is it. All right. That is the Ask BGH hashtag on Twitter. We also I post up in our stories on Instagram question. I just calling it question day because maybe it's not always Tuesday. I don't know. Um what is your most memorable dream, good or bad? Minor, mostly bad, the memorable. I have a lot of nightmares. I dreamt uh, when I was living abroad one time, 
I had a night terror where I thought spiders were all over me, and my boyfriend had to wake me up because I kept like clawing at my face. Oh my so god! That was pretty <laughs> serious, I guess. Jesus, <laughs> uh, I have used to. I mean, I would not go so far as say I never have this dream anymore. But for years, well into adulthood. I would have this like college stress dream where a week before the end of the semester, I realize I haven't attended like three classes all semester and I can't find the classrooms. <laughs> I can't find the books. Uh, I've had that dream. One of them course. is always yeah. math, which I can't do anyway. And I got to try to figure out how to like pass this course. It's the worst. Yeah. I, I mean, I've had a variety. I posted that on Instagram dreams. and multiple people messaged me and were like, yep, same one. Mine includes that, but I've also, like, for whatever reason, I'm about to graduate, but didn't get enough credits. And I'm like, I'm not going to graduate. <laughs> I can't re- remember a specific dream, but my stress dreams always involve losing, forgetting where I parked my car. And <laughs> yeah, there's some place I have to be shortly, and I'm pacing up and down all the roads in the parking lot over and over. And I've had I, uh, this many times, different parking lots, different cars, but I've always forgot where it was. I have other... Maybe I've told the story of the pod, but in college, a buddy of mine uh, reported his car stolen because he basically forgot where it was parked. <laughs> he, but he honestly thought it had been stolen. That would be a and pretty then, amazing way. That's like analog find your car. Well, no. So he like filed an insurance claim, like oh got a new God. car, and then was driving the new car around <laughs> in this massive parking lot that we had at school. And literally, like, drove <laughs> past his old car. And was like, so what did he do? Oh shit! <laughs> I think that's a plot point for Andy Dwyer. On so Cars what did he do? I spent well, I spent like a week trying to convince him that we should take it to yeah, this fucking like, uh, not ravine. What's it called? A uh, quarry, and like push it into <laughs> the quarry. And he refused to do it. And he called the insurance company. It was basically like, hey, I found my old car. <laughs> so what did they do? Did they take his car away? They're like, you dumbass. Yeah, definitely <laughs> lost the new car. They already gave it to remember. him. Come on. It's fucking eminent know, domain he, or some shit. He probably know. just like had to pay the uh, shitload of money. I have, I have other uh, recurring nightmares, but I'm going to save those for my therapist. Snores. Um, <laughs> let's see. Did you watch the Extreme Ghostbusters cartoon as a kid? It was awesome. Oh, yeah. Now, I don't I watched, remember the Extreme. Oh, no, no, wait. Was Extreme a recent thing? Yes, I okay. think so. Real was, the original was real. Good now, there were yeah, two. I watched the, the older one. When we were cartoon, when we were kids, so there were two cartoons. There was the one with the non-movie characters, and then there was the one with the movie characters. And one of them was called Real Ghostbusters, but I don't necessarily know that it was the real Ghostbusters. The movie one is the real Ghostbusters. Okay, okay. The the plain Ghostbusters was the date was the cartoon based off an old TV show from like the fifties or sixties. But they wore the uniforms and shit, didn't they? And like they used proton packs and stuff. Like they had some. They didn't use protein. They had a gorilla and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think they had the proton packs, but I think they did deal with ghost stuff. But it was more like um. Three Stooges, uh, Keystone Cops esque. Yeah, I, I watched the Ghost, the real Ghostbusters, Busters, and they had some real good toys. I actually still have my Egon, who you squeeze his legs and his his mouth opens and he screams and his head spins around. Yeah, <laughs> we I, we had a bunch of those toys too. Real good. I liked the uh, Beetlejuice cartoon. That was more. Yeah, I love I that one. That's I a good one. The real Ghostbusters toys too were like that was the era where. With 80s toys with like that, they would just come with green slime. It was like, uh, yeah. ectoplasm. And then in the commercial, they just show you like dumping slime on your toy. And it's like, <laughs> why would I fucking do that? Are you insane? But the cartoon was awesome because that's where you got to see Egon uh, invent all his crazy shit. Yes. This was a really interesting question. A lot of folks now are saying the original Ghostbusters is problematic. Thoughts? 
I would I say like that pretty much any movie made like pre two thousand five at this point or sooner could be considered problematic in some way. Yeah. However, yeah. yeah. I don't think it's as offensive as like say or I don't think it's aged as offensively as say like Revenge of the Nerds. Oh right. no. But but like well, I think I think Casey, it's, that's like a pretty low bar. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I think it's okay to enjoy things you're nostalgic for that are problematic. And like, yeah. it's also okay to say, I can't truck with that now and I'm not going to watch it. But I think it's important to like, I think they can be important. You can enjoy them for the nostalgia and also they can be important tools to understand how far we've come. Because yeah, like I, the the danger in like ignoring old stuff is that you forget how far we've yeah. come and how yeah. hard people have worked to get as far as we have. Like and go back and watch a movie watch- from the 50s and you'll be like, holy shit, bro. Like, it's almost important to, like, understand what the world was yeah. like. And if you're watching, like, Revenge of the Nerds, and it's making you uncomfortable when you get to that scene, it's okay to enjoy the nostalgia up to that. And if it's still making you uncomfortable, you see the problem with it. So it's not like you're ignoring it. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah, Joe Ferry and I talk about this a lot because, you know, we're doing uh, our Films at First Sight podcast. And occasionally I'll watch something for the first time that came out a very long time ago. But I'm... I'm obviously not going to judge it with 2022 eyes because it came out at a different time. And like, it's fair to call, like it's fair to identify the parts that are problematic, but I'm not going to be like this whole director and cast. Right. Cancel them. You know, exactly. <laughs> like it's, yeah, it's, I agree. it's not, that's not what we're here to do. I actually want to like, well, I, I watched it within the last five years. I mean, there's like things like they like, probably use the word dame or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't like Dan like, Aykroyd I, does get a BJ from a ghost. I don't know if that's problematic now, but well, that's what I'm I like, thought it was kind of hot. I can't remember <laughs> exactly what, I mean, like look, the, the Peter Venkman character does nothing but like say yes. off color shit. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, but like that's what is funny about the movie. Like, but no I gotta think he's like an awesome dude. Like if I had uh, to guess it was his approach to Dana early on, which kept telling him no, and he kept coming back. Sure. That's probably if I had to think if it was problematic, that would be the big one that would stand out to me. If but I don't think he was creepy then either. Days, like I don't know, you know, I don't know. Actually, is the problem. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Uh, who is everyone's favorite Ghostbuster, including Lady Ghostbusters? I mean, for, problematic that you said including. God, that's of what they said. Person. I Eric, no. I know, I know. <laughs> um. I mean, I'm just going to be basic. It's Bill Murray. Like, what? Come on. Yeah, yeah. It's Vank, fucking Vank Bill Murray. The He's the funniest by like a mile. See, I was always beholden to Ray Stance because he like was the goofy, Ray. weird one. In bit, but, and, I mean, know. I get it. I get it. I like Ray. And then if we're talking 2016, I feel like we all had a moment with Kate McKinnon's character when yeah. she has that like scene oh, yeah. where she battles everything and then she like finishes and like licks the gun and you're like, oh my goodness gracious. Yeah, like she's, she's impressive. Good. She just looked amazing in that role anyways. Yeah, it was so cool. The hair. <laughs> oh yeah, and the glasses. Last question, most romantic horror film. Ooh. Let the right one in. Oh, yes, good that's answer. what I was going to say. I was going to say The Bride of Reanimator. Uh, that's fair. <laughs> this is a good question. He makes a literal body of parts, John, just to, for her heart. It's mm-hmm. pretty romantic. Sounds problematic, Eric. It's very problematic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, have you seen a head and ladder film? It's They're extremely all, uh... problematic. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> his thing. Things going on. It's kind of his thing. I'll go. I'll go way. I'll go way deep cut since John took mine, and I'll throw out hammers. The vampire lovers. 
there'll be like three people listening that knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> I've heard of Hammer. You know what? I my answer is not related to the question. You know, the least romantic horror movie stuff <laughs> is right now is the Warrens because they're trying oh. in the Conjuring series so hard to make them like. But Caitlin, yeah. Caitlin, they they fell in love near a like gazebo or something. I don't yeah, know. Like, it's like so we care about their marriage. Yeah. It's just, at the end of that third, the new one, she was like, "Babe, your heart pill. I have it in my locket." And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Disgusting! I don't care." It's like whatever, Mrs. Warren. Why don't you keep? Why don't you keep running through the uh, forest like a feral lady? All you see is Caitlin yank her locket off her neck and run away, giggling. <laughs> 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 Just boo them from outside the casino. Sucks. Swim fan? Just kidding. That's not romantic. <laughs> That's problematic. <too. laughs> what about um? What was that zombie movie with Rob Corddry in it? It's like kind of a it's warm bodies. Kind of, yeah, nice. it's kind of a romantical movie. That one was pretty was good. Cute, yeah. yeah. What about uh Shaun of the Dead? Isn't that isn't that about him? Like, <laughs> is that that? I can't really. Is that remember that romantic exactly. of a movie, John? That was more. I about guess a little bit over a broken romance, wasn't uh, it? Uh, okay, maybe you're right. Yeah. I love oh. it. That's it. All right. That's it. Ghostbusters. Next week after. off. And take a Eric week off. returns to New York. I'll say to this point, John, the um, classics uh, Patreon feed is alive and kicking. New classics every Monday morning. Um, I'm hitting the whole, pretty much the whole length. I haven't gone pre-100 yet, but I've done a couple 100s episodes, which is farther back than I tend to go. So um, patreon.com slash bloody good horror. You can get a weekly live stream of this show and all the back episodes and the classics feed. If you're too lazy to pick one, don't listen to. So there you go. I, I am that way, which is why I thought of it. Cause I like content to be shoved in my face. Oh, Eric, I know what the most romantic one is. Mandy. Oh, <laughs> If you don't like forge a battle axe, hand forge a battle axe to avenge my death, don't waste my fucking time. Like that's <laughs> the new underwear. standard Nick Cage. Let's oh, go. Mandy, Mandy. I, I was thinking all the boys love Mandy Lane, but yeah, you're right. Mandy is Priya. Faux show. What about uh, May? Is that in that? There's May is not. No, nah, I wouldn't call it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's that's one of your movies, right? Eric? May's like full tragedy. Yeah, it's like one of my, it's probably one of my top 10. Yeah, that's more sad than romantic. Yeah, I mean, Romeo and Juliet is romantic <laughs> and tragic at the same time. That's true. So, not a horror. Film, oh, speaking though. of, I finally watched Romeo and Juliet. So was, good. That's uh, it. That's the good. answer. <laughs> Show over. Gavel Eric's done. Got a gavel that we can't see. Yeah. Just <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. Oh my god. You want to talk about when Eric made problematic, me watch John? Watch Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, Johnny it canceled. That movie goes, John, that movie goes back and forth between Lloyd Kaufman written dialogue and Shakespeare, like for the whole yeah. time. It's so good. Eric, I watched it because you made me watch it. Did we do a show on it? <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty oh, sure. that's amazing. I don't well, think so. Well, either that or I wasn't on that one. Maybe I did, we did. I seen it. Maybe we did. That sounds like something Mark and I could have, would have conspired on. I'm almost positive we did because we, um, there was a like very early on, like probably first thirty episodes, we did a um, trauma thing, and I might not have seen one before then, although I was like familiar or aware, and uh, colored me 
Colored it me was, the wrong way. I'm bringing Poltergeist back for staff pick. It was episode oh. 17. Poltergeist. <laughs> 17. Yeah. Oh. And we did Poltergeist. So our, so our episode, oh, I, so our episode was probably in itself problematic. So have fun with that one in the archive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, love it. So, yeah, we're going to take a week off. Check out the Classics feed, patreon.com. And then... Um, We'll be back, hopefully, with Scream, as long as it's still in theaters, but not, you know, not so much is getting released. I feel like it should still be in theaters, so. Yeah, it'll be fun. That's it, John. I can't wait till I can feel my feet again. That's what I'm waiting for. So. Escape, escape to New York. Yeah, exactly. All right, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back soon. See you. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>